Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to CEC here at Edmonton Impact Gospel Ministries, where each week we try to bring you meaningful topics and discussion in under an hour to help you grow in your faith and your relationship with God. Oh, good evening, fellow students of the word and uh, fellow traveler down the road of learning and knowledge. It's another pleasant evening and we hope to uh, to flesh out some important nuggets that we can take with us in our journey with the Lord such that our faith might be stronger, be more established and you know ready to fight that good old fight of faith. We are on lesson two as uh, Gavin has said and we are using the Bible, the New King, King James Version and uh, we are in First uh, John chapter 2 from verse 3 to 17 and we, we do use some notes from Max Lucado as well. Also there's a little bit from my Sunday sermon. So let us open with prayer. Oh dear Heavenly Father we thank you this evening for this beautiful day that you have made. We thank you God for your scriptures, your words to guide us. Oh, Father in heaven, your instructions that will help us, oh God, to walk the way that you have called us to walk. This evening, God, as we become students of your words, may your Holy Spirit open our hearts and our minds, our understanding, Lord. Oh, Father in heaven, may we be able to see the message that you have for us this evening, that, God, we will also learn how to apply it and take heed to your words, Lord, that your words will dwell in us richly, and as we become a part of your family. Father, we thank you and we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As the title is uh, Obedience to God, you know, we look at the definition for the word obedience. Uh, we take it for granted that we know what obedience is. So sometimes we got to go back to the, uh, the dictionary. And it says it's a compliance with an order request or law or submission to another's authority. Compliance with an order request or law or submission to another's authority. Uh, our theme verse really that this would surround is in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3. We know that we have come to know Christ if we keep his commandments. And a little bit of reflection here for us. The definition of the word obedience would suggest that there are those who truly obeyed and those who are just pretenders. People have many ways of trying to gauge the genuineness of a person's faith, how much one gives or how often the person attends church, or how well he or she can discuss theology and the Bible. So a question for you to start things off, what would you expect in a person that tell you their faith in God is genuine? Well, like you said, in the piece you were reading, there are the expected traits, you know. Mm -hmm. You go to church every Sunday, mm -hmm. and you read your Bible every day, and you give your offering every time they ask for it, etc., right. etc. 
the visible things. But then we could have those that are, have been there, like no time misses them. They're always Johnny on the spot, but inside we have no clue. Right? But the things we tend to look for are the things that are easy to pick out. And so if we are not careful, we, we get into the, uh, the state of forming judgment based on what we see. Well, I think it's also important to recognize that those things we listed before, like how often you go to church and how much money you give and all mm -hmm. those things, other people put a lot of emphasis on those as being a measure of your, your faith, your experience with Jesus. But right. those things alone can't actually guarantee the situation of your soul. Amen. As a PK, mm. doing all of these things for my whole life, there came a time where just doing the things wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you go through hard times, through situations that actually test the, the real metal of your faith, just those things, it's not going to be enough. It's not going to hold up. Mm -hmm. There's other, other aspects that we need to learn to look for and cultivate so that we know that our faith is actually genuine and that it will hold up in those fiery situations. Amen. Well said. <laughs> well said. You know... It got to your light has got to shine so somebody has got to see it all right mm -hmm. and I believe this is it let's go to the scripture in first John chapter 2 from verse 3 to 17 I'm gonna try to read through this for you okay well you you take till verse 10 and I'll take till verse 17 praise the Lord so from the new King James version verse 3 now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Do not love the world or the things in the world. 
If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Praise the Lord. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful words. John reminds its readers that believers can have deepening relationship or fellowship with God when we follow him in obedience, love, and holiness. In my message on Sunday, we saw how 10 lepers were healed because they obeyed Jesus' instruction to them to go show themselves to the priest. Obedience to Christ commands is really the mainstay of a believer's life. It tells us, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is from Matthew 22, 37 and 39. Love for the world shows that the love of the Father is not in them. So here's a question. How can you be sure your faith is genuine? <laughs> not somebody else's, but your faith. It's a really big question. I think there's a lot that goes into um, understanding that your faith is real and that it's, it can produce what you need it to produce in the time. Mm -hmm. So you might, want, you might have to break it into uh, smaller pieces. For example, asking yourself, uh, do I really believe that Jesus is the Son of God? You know, mm -hmm. in Christian circles, we understand that is the starting point of faith. So maybe we have to ask ourselves, okay, do I really believe this or have I just been saying so? Because mm. genuine, genuineness would, would suggest that you believe what you're saying. You know, I can, I can get up there and, and do all kind of pretense because I believe everybody else is pretending after all. You know, how do you put so much trust in someone that you don't see? Mm -hmm. We often heard that you can't depend on the Bible because man wrote the Bible just to deceive us. Right? But when, when you chose to believe, you're in it. Uh, in, in reality, you have immersed yourself in it. A pretender would just say that I have faith, but has done nothing at all to it. Now, on a personal level, the, the way I know I have faith is because when, when I'm tested on what I believe in, I can still stand up and say, I still believe this. Mm -hmm. so, so, so I don't just give up on what I believe because something else comes in to distract me. I can still say, I still believe the Bible is written as directed by the Holy Spirit, written by man, but God under God's direction. It's a very good point. So even if, if we are breaking this question down to smaller pieces, then you know, okay, if I still believe that Jesus is the Son of God, even though, for example, everything is going wrong and everyone else is questioning whether God exists, if I still believe, okay, Jesus is the son of God and God is still exists and is good, mm -hmm. then you know, okay, in that first step, your faith is genuine. Amen. You've done it right. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. And so for you out there, you know, this is a question uh, I suggest you go through. How can you be sure your faith is genuine? And we know the whole song that said, be very sure, right? Well, okay. some of us are old enough to know that. <laughs> Generation gap. Ooh. Very much so. Okay, question two. What evidence did John say would tell that a person is truly following Christ? And I believe this is found in around verses five and six. I like to use a, a slightly different translation, and it says, it's those who, com who show how completely they love him. These are the ones who obey God's word and live and, and live as God says they should. So there's a, an element of, of demonstration. Mm -hmm. So we start from, okay, do I believe the basics? And then we're moving on to, okay, now do I, do I act in accordance to how I believe? Do my actions and my beliefs line up? Mm. 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 And, and, if the action is showing something else, then we go back to questioning whether that person is following Jesus or not. If we put it in, in, in simple terms, when, when he was going to Jerusalem, his followers followed him. Yeah. He told them, I'm going up to Jerusalem. They followed him. Not everyone followed him to Jerusalem. <laughs> Even though they have been around to hear his messages, some even talk about how good he, he, he was or how they believe he was the son of God, but not everyone followed him uh, to Jerusalem. We have got to have uh, indication that stands out to the world, oh yeah, that person is a follower of Christ. When we keep his commandment when we do what the scripture says and our actions start uh, showing uh, start start reflecting what we declare ourselves to be mm -hmm. you know and when the two start lining up we know that these are followers of Christ not just church church goers <laughs> there is a distinction yeah not just churchgoers. That's a thought. But a genuine follower. So how else do we know that we are following God? Very good question. We should obey, but we should also hear from Him. Ooh, do elaborate. You see, in a, in a relationship, and I, I am not... Uh, presenting myself as an expert on, on relationship but on relationship it's got to be two ways they say in, uh, communication is important absolutely and I know communication must be two ways so he loved us before we love him he has been looking after us even before we come to him now when we come to him and declare that we desire to walk with him. We've got to have a, a two-way communication going on. So we pray, 
our Father who art in heaven. You know, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. We also hear from him. We are experiencing that forgiveness in our spirit. And we are noticing the change that he has brought in our lives. Whew. So if I had to just synthesize all of this that you've been saying, there is a communication aspect mm -hmm. to our faith as well. So it's not just, okay, believing that God is who he says he is. That's right. And it's not just doing the things that a believer should do. Mm -hmm. But there is also an interaction. Amen. And it has to be two ways. Mm -hmm. So rule out the people who say, oh, I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus, but I've never put in any effort to pray. Because then there's no communication there. Amen. But then listen. Those of us who have been in church for a long time, you might have heard people say, you know what, I haven't heard God for a very long time. That would also suggest, and I mean, some people might get really mad at me mm -hmm. for saying this, mm -hmm. but not hearing from God is also not two-way communication mm -hmm. and might suggest that your faith is on the fritz a little bit. Amen. Or the relationship. The relationship is a little skittish. And if God says he doesn't change, mm -hmm. somebody in the relationship has changed. Or, <laughs> here's a thought, maybe they are ringing the wrong line. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, yeah, they don't have God's number. <laughs> you see, when you know him, there's a difference between when you don't know him. Even Jesus himself says, his sheep knows his voice mm -hmm. and they hear him, right? So you see, when we get to a stage in our walk with the Lord and we are not hearing anymore, this is where we become concerned. When we look in the scripture, he said it doesn't change. Mm -hmm. And we find out from the scripture that he's not the one that's drawing away from you. Absolutely. But his word tell you, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. So if, the, if there's a break there, then we got to self-examine and see where we have gone wrong. More often than not, it's us who's moved, not God. Amen. 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 Wow. Communication. Remember, folks, <laughs> talk to him but also listen for his voice. Okay, can we try question three? What does it mean in practical terms to live as Jesus did? According to verse six. Okay, well, I think we are on a good start here. First, we have to believe God is who he says he is. Mm -hmm. And we have to do the things that agree with what we believe and then communicate have two-way communication. And we've seen in Jesus' life through the Gospels that he was always doing things out of his uh, obedience or belief in what the Father was telling him to do. So he always had actions. Mm -hmm. He was showing compassion to those who were around him. He was healing those who had infirmities. But we also see him praying very often. Mm -hmm. He says he doesn't say or do anything except that which he hears the Father say. 
So there, he's demonstrated two-way communication. Whoa, yeah. I, I, he is definitely our example. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else, just those three things, you're pretty set to start off with. Amen. Can you think of any, anything else that he might... And he never missed, missed the opportunity to teach others. Oh. I think there's a word for that. Discipleship? Oh. <laughs> you had to say the D word. But it's very true. Jesus was always teaching and helping people along the way. That's a very good point. Amen. And if we're going to walk as he walked, then we also got to look at who did he turn away that came to him? He didn't. Amen. I hope you're not turning anyone away that comes to you to seek about the Lord, to ask about the Lord, always ready to share, always ready to instruct, always ready to pray for someone who asks you for prayer, always ready to help, Mm -hmm. to serve. Jesus shows more servanthood than the master part of it. I think you've just given us our fifth point serving man are you ready to serve i mean jesus himself said he didn't come to be served but to serve but to serve so he could have said if any man is going to follow me become a servant Mm-hmm. it's a good start right. so we got these five points believe god is who he says he is mm-hmm. do the things that would line up with your faith, act accordingly. Third, have two-way communication. You talk to God and he talks back to you. Mm-hmm. Fourth, help and teach others or discipleship. And five, serve. Amen. What a list. Amen. So that takes us to question four. Based on uh, verses 9 to 11, how would you help a fellow Christian who holds bitterness and resentment against another person. Well, that came out of nowhere. I know. <laughs> why, why are we talking about bitterness all of a sudden? Ooh. Okay, okay. So in the scripture it says, anyone who hates his brother or sister is still living and walking in darkness. Mm. So he's saying... Living in hatred mm-hmm. or acting according to hatred is direct evidence against genuine faith. Mm-hmm. Which is really hard because some of us really love to hate some people. Oh. Oh. And, and, and some is not, they will say, I don't hate him. <laughs> you know, because they know hate is kind of strong. It's a strong word. They go, no, I don't hate him, but I really, I, I don't like him. I can't bear to be in the same room. Boils down to still hate. Interesting. So how do we help someone who's in that situation? And what, what it seems like he's getting at is like, because that bitterness, maybe that person is not just... A person that shows up and you, you don't like the way he looks, the way he dresses. But that person might have 
done you something mm-hmm. that really hurt you. You know, every time you see that person, that you're reminded of what that person did to you. Mm-hmm. But if we walk that way, the scripture says we are in walking in darkness. Because even Jesus on the cross said what? Father, forgive them because they don't know, they don't know what they do. Forgive them, Father. Mm-hmm. They were nailing him to the cross. To be like Christ, that means we got to have that forgiving spirit. We have to live like Christ and die like him. Amen. Lord, I'm dying, but forgive them anyway. Amen. Okay. So now we come down to the meat and potatoes. If I know my brother, uh, let's say John, and this isn't out of the air. So if anybody out there is called John, it's not really you. All right? But if this person really has a problem with John, and I know that this person, this Christian fellow believer, is walking in darkness because he cannot get to the point of forgiveness uh, for John. We are not condoning the wrongs John did. Mm -hmm. But we are looking at the example that Jesus set and what he has called us to. We have to forgive just as the Heavenly Father forgives us. Absolutely. But also forgiveness comes from the heart. It cannot be, you can't make it up. You, you, <laughs> you cannot pretend your way through it. Genuine forgiveness has got to come from the heart. Mm-hmm. And, and you can fool the person around you that you are forgiven, but God can look in and see that you haven't. And then others can probably look at how you act and see that you haven't. But then if you, if you weigh the walking in the light with Jesus mm-hmm. or walking in darkness, the value of walking with the Lord versus holding on to that bitterness and unforgiveness, then we find ourselves want to move to forgiveness because we don't want to walk in darkness. We don't want to be alienated from Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We want that relationship. If you love him, keep his commandment. Let's go to question six. How can you know when you are guilty of loving the world? Loving the world? Yeah, this is a loaded question. Yeah... I mean, in verse 16, it was saying the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure mm-hmm. for everything that we see and pride in our achievements and our possessions. That's the NLT version. And e- even in this one situation, if we take the word literally mm-hmm. and we just say, OK, anything that that gives us uh, extreme physical pleasure or the, the craving for physical pleasure and the pride in our achievements and possessions as opposed to uh, anything else, it kind of gives you a good starting filter. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, (coughs) loving or lusting after utmost career success, Mm -hmm. for example, that is, you know, strong pride in our achievements. That would suggest, according to verse 16, that is more worldly than godly. Mm-hmm. It's not saying that it's bad, but there's a, there's a level 
once it starts to consume you, once it starts to overcome you and eclipse everything else you care about, then you know you're erring on the side of worldliness instead of godliness. Where it really, where it really places in your life. Yeah, I think it really matters of the priorities you set That's right. and where it sits. That's more right. so than what is bad and what, what is good. Because also, if we, if the things that we spend or most of our time on mm-hmm. are things that really are going to pass away, you know, we cannot take it with us. It tends to be more stuff of the world. Yeah. I mean, there are things that we, we embrace. It, it's, it's life. It doesn't necessarily mean there's something bad with it. Uh, for example, money. We, I mean, money is going to perish here. We're going to leave it behind. Is money bad? No, I don't think so. Somebody might disagree with me, but I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Right? What we do with it yep. can be good are bad where we place it in our lives if if we do everything that chases after this then there might be a problem with this but but the 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 worldly things the things that are going to perish the house the land the 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 fancy car even the the suits i mean (laughs) It's nice that you can use them, mm-hmm. but it cannot be first place in your lives. Yep. I tell you what my, I was thinking of as a major. If it's all focused on here, on me as a person, it tends to be worldly. Mm-hmm. If I get into the me, 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 then we got to watch out for that. But if it's serving, I believe that general line, we could say, if it is service to others, it's usually good. Yeah. I mean, there's someone who said pretty accurately, I think, that the origin of most sin is selfishness. Mm. And so I would say, yeah, that's a great way to, a quick litmus test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, 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 I like to pick on COVID. Because oh, yeah. we're all going through it. Mm. It's the choice between whether if I wear a mask to, to stop the spread, make sure nothing is coming from me to refusing because I feel it's my right. You, you really did take it there. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, yeah, do you have any other questions? Yes. <laughs> Let's breathe and go to question seven. I got to read your section here. This question has to do with this little clip. And thank you, Gavin, for keeping me on track here. I, I think you would find the story intriguing, and so I wanted to include this. A village of Eham, England. George Vickers, a tailor, unpacked a parcel shipped from London. The cloth he had ordered had arrived, but as he opened and shook it, he realized he released plague-infected fleas, 
Within four days he was dead and the village was doomed. It almost sounds like what we are going through. The town unselfishly quarantined itself, seeking to protect the region. Other villages deposited food in an open field and left the people of Eam to die alone. But to everyone's amazement, many survived. A year later, when outsiders again visited the town, they found half the residents had resisted the disease. How so? Interesting. Scientists found out that it was in the, their lineage. Scientists found proof of a disease-blocking gene. The gene garrisoned the white blood cells, preventing the bacteria from gaining entrance. The plague, in other words, could touch people with this gene, but not kill them. What's the secret for surviving the Black Plague then? Pick your ancestry. Pick who your mother and father were or are. Is that possible? Of course not. They couldn't, but by God you can. You can select your spiritual father. Oh my. You can change your family tree from that of Adam to God. And when you do, he moves in. His resistance becomes your resistance. His Teflon coating becomes yours. Sin may entice you, but will never enslave you. There is no condemnation according to Romans 8 and 1 for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Amen. So question 7. Hmm. The secret as to how the Aham villagers were able to survive death from the Black Plague was lineage. How is the same true of believers in Christ when it comes to the effect of sin? Okay. So then, staying with our earthly or secular heritage or parents, mm -hmm. you would still be subject to the effects of sin. Mm -hmm. Very much just death is what it ends in. But by accepting Christ into your life and his blood that makes you a joint heir, or a son mm -hmm. of God through the work of the cross, all of a sudden God is now your father and then you receive the immunity of God Amen. or of Christ because of the blood. And so no longer are you sentenced to death because of this. Even if you're living in the world that is going to die because of sin, you won't die. Amen. Interesting. The blood of Jesus is running warm in my veins. <laughs> you know, so, so you know how the scripture said we receive the adoption of son. We have been born again in him. Yeah. So now we are no longer of that Adamic seed, but of the, the seed and offspring of God our Father. Amen. Therefore, we can resist sin. The sting of sin really has no power over us mm -hmm. because of Jesus Christ, not because of anything that we have done. Question 8. 
What are some ways you can remind yourselves today that you are not fatally afflicted if you have confessed your sins to God? Do we need reminding ourselves of this? I think so. Occasionally, sometimes we forget. If you open up a theological debate, hmm. and we probably won't get into all of that, but the question that a lot of people ask is, okay, I sincerely wanted to follow Christ. I asked him into my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, these five things you're we talking about, I got involved in all of them. And I was really following after God. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, something happened and I sinned. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the books like Thief in the Night and such, they always were planting the terror and the fear that, okay, if you're not perfect with God at the moment he comes back, you know, you'll be lost, you'll be left behind. Mm-hmm. So their question is, at that moment, if I fell and God came back, then did I just lose my salvation? Ooh-wee. And there are, there are people who preach both sides. Mm-hmm. There are people who say, you know what, that's why you always have to confess and make sure, you know, you even repent for the sins you don't know that, that you're, uh, you're committing mm-hmm. because you never know and you need to have been freshly repented mm-hmm. to go with God if he comes back so that you're clean. Mm-hmm. And there's other people who, who preach, you know what, unless you're willingly trying to denounce God and trying to forfeit salvation, that you sinning one time is not, uh, not going to send you to eternal damnation if you ask Jesus into your life. It's his blood was enough to cover all of our sins, past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. And so you sinning one time, even though, you know, even you, you did get salvation, but you happened to sin, that's not enough to send you to damnation because Jesus did something amazing on the cross. So you have groups of people preaching both messages and mm-hmm. a lot of believers getting caught in the middle. Mm-hmm. And how we respond to that question is largely going to depend on the groups that we're involved with and how they see the work of salvation. Amen. But here I want to add something from First uh, uh, John chapter, chapter 1 mm-hmm. and verse, uh, verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us but then he went on further to say if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we say that we have not sinned we make him a liar and his and his word is not in us you see we go back to that that relationship and that two-way communication mm-hmm. When, one, when you find yourself in a fault, right? It's like the, the conscience, your conscience will prick you. You have gone wrong. You have done something wrong. You, 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 you don't even need somebody to, to tell you that you have erred. Yep. The, the secret to, to, to a full Christian life, walking in obedience, is said to come to him. Mm-hmm. So in your, in your constant prayer, we are always asking God, you know, 
wash away my sins. You know, there are sins that we might have committed in error uh, because we were we didn't know about this, or you know, in a moment, in a slip. But we don't live in sin. We are not slave to sin. So sin becomes like a a, a slip or a fall, not a lifestyle, not a not a dwelling place for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so. Because we are always in prayer, pray without ceasing. I mean, we have the intercessor interceding with the Father for us all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in once saved, eternally saved. You know, once you say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I don't believe. That's the thing. Because said, if any man follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me every day there's a a different challenge to us Mm -hmm. because if we didn't if if our sins were taken care of that once and we didn't have no matter what we did Mm -hmm. we are not we are not held accountable for it that makes no sense because then why would we need faith why would we need obedience why would we need to follow? Why did his word have to dwell in us? Why did he say you are the salt? Why did he say your light must shine? See, so there's something that's required of us. But when it comes down to being a slave for sin, we because of our new spiritual DNA, right? The sin will come, but the sting of that sin is not effective anymore because we are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. So if we are answering this question eight, then we are, we are fatally afflicted unless we confess again. You keep praying. Keep, keep on confessing. Right. Keep on praying. Keep asking. Keep talking to him. You see, uh, what cause, say for example, somebody that's walking with the Lord, you know, proven him in many ways, and then backslid from him, gone back to the world. They allowed those sins to over, overpower them. Mm-hmm. You, so you made a mistake. So you have slipped. You see, faith in God is also that he promised that if I slip, I can come to him. So you don't stay in that mess you go to him you confess it to him you talk it over with him and get your relationship repaired right away so the enemy don't keep burying you burying you burying you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in simple layman terms so remember don't abide don't stay in whatever mistakes you have made look to god he's faithful and just he says all right Couple other questions and we'll see if we can wrap this up. Yeah. We're gonna talk about attitudes. What are some attitudes you have that could be considered worldly? Perfectionism. Uh true. Never earning earning your place. Earning affection, earning approval. Mm-hmm. Uh me first. Just to name a few. 
For me, it could could have to do with with church. You know, I want a nice building. Mm-hmm. You know, I want it look good inside, cause that's the the way I will feel good because I walk into a church that looks good. <laughs> yeah, that's probably worldly. I'm looking at it from in the same way I would as a as a person that's more geared towards the world. So if you know this question is triggering, why are you asking such a triggering question? Because worldliness can camouflage itself and creep into our lives in a lot of different ways. Okay. And we know what John says. If you love the world, you walk in darkness. So it's, it's almost like a disease. So it starts picking at you a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and before you know it, you're in complete darkness. So you're saying the real danger is when we think we're doing Christian things, but the worldly attitude has creeped into the Christian things, and we don't know it. Amen. Okay, I get you now. I get you. Amen. And so if we are not careful, we are so focused on it. We have battles over it. We have arguments over it. <laughs> Sounds true. Uh, yes, very yeah. true. Very true. Yeah, but we got to put it where it belongs. Amen. Question 12. Last question. How are you seeking to change? <laughs> How are you seeking to change those attitudes? And this is more a personal question, so you think about this. Oh, thank God. Whatever attitudes you, after you've done your inventory and whatever attitudes you have found, you know, you flesh them out and then ask yourself, what progress are you making? Right? What are you doing to get rid of those? And how is the progress on that? You know, there are some, some of us with bad habits. We find ourselves doing things that we really don't want to do. Mm-hmm. We know it has no spiritual benefit to us, but because it's a habit, we end up doing it. And so at the beginning of the year, especially... We, we make New Year resolutions. Oh, I'm never going to do this again. I'm going to change what I'm doing because it's not good for me. Yeah. Right? But the progress of it, maybe two months down the road, we are, we are back where we, we have started. You know, we have gone back on that. So how is your progress, you know, and correcting some of those attitudes? Amen. Amen. Fair enough. Fair enough. Amen. Well, I mean, we started off the lesson calling it obedience, but we've gone through such a wide gamut of things. We might have to change the topic of this talk. And call it? Uh, I mean, you can comment in the, the chat what you think would have been an appropriate general title for this, because I think we're going to have to revisit that. We covered obedience, yes, but many more in-depth or triggering things so maybe obedience plus (laughs) perhaps perhaps all right would you like to give us closing remarks and prayers i think it's a it's a good note to uh to wrap up on with obedience 
we will have failures at times. You know, sometimes we, we believe uh, in a constant, steady obedience, but because we are still human and we are still in the flesh, we will slip, we will make mistakes, we will err, even in the way we think. We can be at odds with our brother and sister because of something that rose up in us at one point or another. Hmm. The, 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 what we must understand is who we are and whose blood runs in our veins. And if we think, okay, if Jesus found himself in this position, yeah. what would he do? How would he handle it? If your answer to that is that he would have done the same thing that I've done, carry on. <laughs> I, don't know, I, can, I don't know where that will get you, but I guarantee you most, most times or not, the answer is going to be Jesus would not have done it this way. Mm. Then to be follower of Christ, we want to be or handle things the way Christ would have handled it. Amen. And so take courage. Don't stay in your error. But repent before God. And don't keep it around. You repent. You have faith in God. Let it go. Don't keep beating yourself up over the same thing. Then you are belittling the power of God to forgive you. And give the enemy a chance to use it against you. And give the enemy a chance to use it against you. Don't believe you got to self-inflict wound on yourself to punish yourself for the wrong you have done. If God has forgiven you, who are you not to forgive you? Let's pray. Mm-hmm. Lord, continue to change our hearts. Give us an ever-deepening desire to live in the way you intend for us to live, the way that brings you glory. Help us walk in your light and put aside the things of the world. Direct us to seek your will and follow your commandments. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for your thought. I could feel you out there. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you again for your comments and for sharing. Tell your friends. We appreciate your participation and for spending your Tuesday evenings with us. We are recording all of these sessions, so if you missed the live, you can see it on our Facebook page or on our webpage at eigministries.com. And we just today got approval to start putting this on podcast. So if you have Apple Podcasts, you can find audio recordings of this. And hopefully, hopefully we can also get it on some of the other podcasting platforms. Thank you so much for joining us. And again, have yourselves a wonderful evening.